So I was angry and I went on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, for all the vendors and honestly, people in general out there, like if I tell you I'm the person working on it and I have the ability to make all the decisions, like please do not go behind my back to my balls um, to try and figure out like what's going on. One, it makes it look like I don't do my job and I absolutely do my job. And then secondly, I just personally think it's very disrespectful. Like if I've asked you to give me some time and I get it, salespeople have it hard. I can never be a salesperson. So I am empathetic to the situation, but please wait. Like. It's the best that I got for you right now. I'm so sorry. Yo, yo, yo. This is Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks, the cybersecurity podcast that tackles the vendor-customer relationship and everything in between. I am George K. with the vendor side. And I'm George A., Chief Information Security Officer. And today our guest is... Tara Cook, cybersecurity GRC manager at Boom Supersonic and budding law student. Tara, welcome to the show. Hello. How is everyone this fine, very dreary evening in Colorado? Yeah. Hey, I'm glad we could make this happen. We know you got sick the other other time we had this scheduled and we've been wanting to do this for a while. So we're really thrilled to have you here. Let's start with the quick and dirty. How did you get into cyber? Uh, so back in the day when dial-up was still a thing, um, my dad used to go to work and be like, don't get on the internet when I'm at work. It ties up the phone lines. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I would very promptly get on the internet as soon as I got home from school and he would get very upset with me. And so he would go and like change all the passwords to everything. And so with my freedom taken away from me, I would then just spend my time trying to figure out how to backdoor my way into the computer so I could get back on the internet and subsequently nice. get more trouble. Um, it never really worked out in my favor, but that that's pretty much how I got into it for all intents and purposes back in my day before cyber was even called cyber. It was still information security. Yeah, it was just like a subset of. IT really before then, you know, you know, you know, what's funny is we had a, another guest, Caitlin, who is like a pure hacker and, uh, she created a, or she highlighted a really good differentiation of like the infosec folks being more on the corporate side, like blue team corporate type of things. And the actual cyber people would be more representative of like hackers in the community. And that's like really stuck with me ever since we did that episode. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. I dig that. It's interesting, Tara, you started trying to backdoor your way into the internet and now you're GRC. (laughs) I fell where I was supposed to be. Like I mentioned, I was never really that successful. So I knew quickly uh, I I needed to pivot. I need to be on the control side. Um, All right, Tara, you're here. You're on the buyer side. So I'll, I'll kick us off. And we are here to focus on a very commendable sales interaction you had. But I actually want to start by revisiting another one that you had talked about, which is talk to me about when sellers try to go around you. Yes. So this story was a couple of months ago. Um, I work for a company and my balls very much was like, hey, you run down this vendor, this whole project, do the like, buying process, figure it out, whoever's the best. And I said, okay. Um, So I was talking to a couple of different vendors and it was taking a while because we had multiple stakeholders, excuse me, stakeholders. And as anyone knows, when you work with multiple folks, it just takes time to get people in the room and so on and so forth. 
so the vendor reached out to me or potential vendor reached out to me once. And I was like, hey, we're still trying to figure it out. Just give me some more time. They said, okay. Reached out to me again. And I was like, yes, I understand. It's taking a while. Trust me. Still need some more time, though. Okay. And then I was in the office and Chris happened to look at me and he was like, hey, are you talking to this vendor? I was like, yeah, I've been talking to them this whole time. He was like, they just sent me a message to some. Oh, no, they didn't even send a message. They left him a voicemail, um, which there's, you know, a lot of different thoughts about people and voicemails. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And he's like, yeah, you left me a voicemail. And basically was like, I just want to like check up on things. And I got very aggravated because whenever even if Chris does the introduction, he's passing it off to me. So I make it very clear, like going forward, hey, it's me you'll be working with. No need to bother Chris. I have the powers to make decisions, et cetera. Um, so when this person did that, I got super irate and it was a cross intersectionality, cross functional dimensional thing because I was just like, God damn it. Like, is it because I'm a woman? Like, what the fuck? Why did this happen? So I was angry and I went on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, for all the vendors and honestly people in general out there. Like if I tell you I'm the person working on it and I have the ability to make all the decisions, like please do not go behind my back to my balls um, to try and figure out like what's going on. One, it makes it look like I don't do my job and I absolutely do my job. And then secondly, I just personally think it's very disrespectful. Like if I've asked you to give me some time and I get it, salespeople have it hard. I can never be a salesperson. So I am empathetic to the situation, but please wait. Like, it's the best that I got for you right now. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, George is about to unload here. I can tell, but you know, it's trust, right? Like you were really transparent. You were like, uh, I know I'm sorry. It's taking time. I got to do this thing. I got to go check off these boxes. I'm going to get back to you. And they say, okay. And then I, I guess I understand somebody's breathing down their neck and they're like, you know, just, just go contact the CISO and see what's up. And I just want to be there right at that moment of friction and be like, this is where you lose the deal, dude. This is where it goes south because it's all trust. And once that trust is eroded, like, why? You, you just, he just, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's he, she, this seller essentially threw you under the bus. But I see the floor, George, unload. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at, um, this is just because I've been on the road traveling doing the whole conference scene. I was in Europe for a while and then came back. Um, I have umpteen, you can't see it because we don't do video, but like umpteen amount of missed vendor calls. Uh, I have 48 voicemails. These are all delete. Yeah, I I, I leave them because, you know, George and I just talk a lot of shit about it. That's how we entertain ourselves in the middle of the workday. And um, I cannot, like the, the lack of emotional intelligence for people just to understand like, Hey, if the first three times I didn't feel like calling you back, let's try another four. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I feel you on this. Um, I think what, what would be, uh, I guess what I kind of want to focus on from, from my perspective for you is as someone who is the policy expert with a very, very like high notoriety, like well-known CISO, like you're, your CISO particularly happens, he's a friend of our show and he particularly, I, I would argue, happens to be probably the most well-known CISO outside of a Fortune 500 company in the entire industry today. Um, I, I guess, how do you find, 
your ability to, I, I guess, craft your own brand, your own name, your own proficiency in the shadow of being one of you know Chris's staffers, right? And that's it's a legitimate question, and it's no knock against Chris. Chris obviously believes in you. He's empowered you. Um, he is definitely an ally, but it's more for you and your own sake and building your own kind of like career trajectory. You're not going to be married to working with Chris forever, I presume. Um, I guess, how do you kind of differentiate yourself and keep reminding people that, hey, like Tara's her own person too. You guys can do business with me. Um, I think it is interesting because while Chris and I are actually very, very similar, we're still very, very different. Um, he is, <laughs> uh, no disrespect to you, Chris, and he'll probably laugh at this. He is more piss and vinegar than I am to a certain degree, as my grandma would say. Um, not that I am like sunshine and rainbows all the time because I very much have boundaries and that's what this situation when you cross the boundary things go out the mirror but he and I have even had conversations where he has said like I hired you very specifically because of how you operate and how it is complementary but still very different to mine um I don't know I I tell people that I'm my own person and I act in my own ways and I have the ability it's also I guess how do I phrase this I've been a black woman my whole life and my entire career. So I am used to always having to like super advocate for myself, no matter who my boss was. I'm used to having to super advocate for my technical abilities, my knowledge, my, my job title for the love of all things, holy. And I'm not the like secretary or the assistant. So I think for at least when vendors interact with me and Chris, I'm thankful majority of them have been, um, respect actually all of them pretty much except for the one person for the most part has always been like super respectful but it is something that does like sit in the back of my mind sometimes because chris is a big deal but i'm also thankful that i was never starstruck by him and that sounds disrespectful to potentially but i'm like he's a person and like he's just a person i'm not going to like bow at his feet kiss his feet or treat him any differently than i would treat someone else because we were he's a person (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel that as a CISO who's like way too young and probably way too underqualified and sitting at tables where I'm like 10 years younger than everyone else. And, you know, and, and I get that too. Like I'm um, like I'm an Arab ethnically and I'm not going to lie to you. I was recently at an event. I won't name the sponsoring company, but literally it was a dinner of executives and I was the only person of color there. And it was all men. It was super. It was cool. I messaged George about it right away. And I was like, yeah, so that company that we oftentimes um, slag for not being very diverse stayed right on brand. And <laughs> so I, I, I feel on that point. I think it's something that we could have a whole other episode on. But yeah, it's tough when you are coming from minorities or marginalized communities or as I've made points on LinkedIn before, I think if you come from not the rich class, when you started out from a working class position and you earned your way up in the industry, it's like super weird when you get to these kind of managerial levels and you're like, oh, there's not too many people like me here. <laughs> this is not this is not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, Tara, what is so striking about this one particular anecdote is that from a sales perspective, and this is maybe the peek behind the curtain for other people on the buying side, Like there's all kinds of hot panic in the sales process about identify the buyer, just find out who's the champion, who's the buyer. And like you saying at the beginning of the project, 
I will be the point of contact. I have been empowered to make decisions. That's actually like the gold ticket. Like that's what a salesperson wants. I, so like to overcomplicate it <laughs> seems like kind of shooting oneself in the foot. Um, so I want to change tactics here a little bit. This kind of related, but we, I think we hear a lot of grievances most about outreach tactics, like the cold emails, the LinkedIn uh, DMs, the phone calls, whatever. So that's sort of like first contact. But uh, outside of this particular story, I'm also curious about if you have anything that bothers you about things in the middle of a sales cycle, whether it's, you know, incessant reminders or I don't know what it is. It's like we, we sort of focus on the first contact, but it strikes me that these negotiations take, as you were saying, a rather long time, right? It's not just, uh, you know, a one and done deal over 30 days. For sure. And apologies if my cat decides to speak. Uh, she also has very strong feelings and also she will not leave me alone unless I pick her up. Um, but otherwise... you're welcome. Yay! Say hi, Mama. Um, the biggest thing that probably annoys me the most are the constant reminders. And again, get it. We all have somebody who like is like poking at us in some way, shape or form. But again, if I've kind of told you like, I can't do anything because while I am the person who can make the decision and say, yes, I want to move forward with insert whatever it is, that does not mean that I'm the person that can sign the paperwork. It does not mean that I'm the legal person that still has reviews like SOWs and MSAs and insert the other things. It does not mean that I'm finance. Like, and thankfully, having done so much procurement and vendor management, I try to be as like ahead of the curve as humanly possible. I try to ask for, give me all your paperwork like early so I can go ahead and give it to legal. I try not to even bother with getting a new insert, whatever it is, before I check with finance to ensure that we have the money because no one wants to get to the final countdown and be like, ah, surprise, we ain't got no dollars. Um, so I try and be as proactive as humanly possible. But again, that doesn't mean anything. Like legal can still, I don't want to say drag their feet, but they can take some time. You know, they're legal. They're doing stuff. I get it. Or if we're doing like proofs of concept, if I have to work with multiple teams or people that have different access to that I do, which makes sense. So they can like implement it in the environment. I still have to work on their schedule. So it's just like, as a buyer, as much as I would love for things to move as fast as humanly possible so we can get in we can see it, we can do the stuff you constantly reminded me isn't going to make anyone else move faster on my behalf and i have a saying that i live breathe and die by just because you're making it a fire doesn't mean it's my fire and so i do not like anyone else and trying to make my shit their fire because it just it does not feel good and it actually pisses me off and like i hate it the other thing I would say is uh, your quota is not my problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah like, I, I look at it like um, I think a lot of sellers need to understand on the practitioner side that none of us, unless we are part owners of the company, can arbitrarily make those calls. So if they convince us that, yo, you're the thing that we want, we essentially have to partner with them to sort of join their sales team and like as the champion. It's like, hey, we have to win over X amount of stakeholders. So now I need you to shift gears and like listen to my advice as I guide you through how we went over the stakeholders. And if they don't want to have the patience for that process, oh, well, your your sales SOL. Yeah. yeah. 
the only person that I ever like literally trap into a corner about vendor things is Chris. And that's because he's one of our authorized signers. So I'll literally just be like, Chris, Chris, please. Like, can you just please sign the thing? And even then I still have to like, it takes effort. I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, like I know he's busy and I know that he forgets things or other stuff comes up. And so it goes back to my big thing about like grace and humility, not humility, more humanity. And like, Mm -hmm all just out here being humans doing the the beep boops behind our computers have some some humanness about you please and thank you like capitalism is shitty enough as is i do not need it being the bane of my existence even more all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back for brass tacks Have you had, or do you have an example in mind of a seller who really actually did it right from pre-sales to close to renewal? How did they actually work through with you and how did they actually quarterback with you this deal? And, you know, what kind of patience and time, like I'm not saying to reveal how your employer actually goes through its, its cycles for procurement, but more realistically, Give me an example of a seller who just did it right, in your opinion, so that, you know, folks can kind of understand that you're not just there to eat their lunch. Absolutely. So most recent one that I have or the big one that I even like made a post about and why we're even here today. Um, I finally feel good that I can name drop because I feel like it's important. His name is Jay Rudkin. He works for the company Virtue and they they do stuff and junk and whatever. For anyone who's interested, you can go look up Virtue. Um, but what's interesting about them is prior to my time at Boom, they had actually had a different salesperson that did not like they that salesperson shat the bed and no one within our entire leadership, at least within IT and security, were pleased with how they went about things. Mm. And so when I mentioned Virtue again, they were just like, Ugh. and I was like, ah, whatever, like they're pinging us. So I, I'm a new person, new time. Let's like, let's just give it a go. Um, and so when I responded to them or however the communication started, I let them know very like right out the gate. Hey, you all have tried to work with us prior. Um, no one was pleased with the previous salesperson. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're that salesperson. If you are, surprise, here's some feedback for you. If you <laughs> um, I just want to know, like, one, that we don't have that salesperson again. And two, I'm willing to go into this, like, blank slate, but I do want to get that out there, like, straight out the gate. They're like, yep. Yeah. Just pass their name along, whatever else. If you're that person, so sorry. Again, I have nothing against you. It's just no one liked you at that time. Um, so, yeah, got uh, connected with Jay. Fantastic person. Um, like I mentioned, I'm big on just like, let's all be humans. And so I think on our first call, we were just talking about like life and junk and stuff. And I want to say it was right around the time when I had gotten engaged and was about to like apply to uh, law schools. And so he was like, oh my gosh, congratulations on your engagement. Like my daughter's engaged and she's getting married. And so we talked about just like marriage stuff. And then we talked about um, law school stuff because he's like that same daughter. She's actually in law school right now down in Miami. We were just there. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool and great. Um, And then we got into like sales stuff and talking about the product and this, that, and the third. And I was like, okay, cool, great. Sounds lovely. He, as well as the rest of his um, T 
teammates in leadership, they were very kind in saying, like, if you want to do like more demos with other groups of people and different stakeholders, we have no problem actually running the demo ourselves. So they can ask all the questions that they want straight from the source and you're not having to play middle person. I'm like, great. I hate playing middle person. So this is like fantastic. Um, so they did actually run another full demo with some of our other stakeholders. Um, it all went great. Sunshine rainbows. Um, they were kind enough in talking us through like the buying process and the cost and trying to be flexible and what product would work best for us, so on and so forth. Got it down to the the best thing in junk and stuff. Um, and like every, it's what was funniest, which they'll probably remember it is this was around the time that um legend of zelda tears of the kingdom came out and we were on a call together and i literally was like i need to get off the phone because i want to try and get the collector's edition and i will like i will fight anyone that i have to fight in order to get this and they're just (laughs) really serious about this and we spent probably 15 to 20 minutes just talking about like legend of zelda and like breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom and like all the hype about it but it was nice again because it wasn't just like everyone on the virtue side and we were all just having good normal chat about things and at that point you know i was shooting myself in the foot because i was very much like i gotta go i gotta i gotta go get the thing um and so the next time we spoke, the very first topic of conversation was, did you have to fight anybody to like get your collector's edition? I was like, no, like my then fiance, I was like, he managed to find one online. And so we just stood out in the rain instead. And that was cool. Um, but it was nice and it was good. And he kept me up to date. He was not like pressuring me in any way, shape, form or fashion. He was very helpful because we were going through some changes and like trying to get the signature and we had gotten a deal and like stuff kept happening because of the perfect uh, storm of shit that was just going on um, and it was just good. And still now we just still hang out and talk and we just talk about like stuff and life and things and making sure it seems so simple when you put it that way (laughs) you you connected over common interests somebody was uh paying attention to your life you know and like brought that back into the conversation i it's uh i don't really know what i want to say here george i'm trying to say it should be this simple and yet like why why is it not well, it sounds to me like they were actually willing to open up and be vulnerable and like talk about their family life and their their existence and what they're doing. And yeah, again, like this industry is humans dealing with humans. It's humans securing humans. It's humans selling to humans. We have gotten so addicted to absolutely obscene growth metrics, revenue counts that just make no sense on a normal like economy or sales cycle. And we are forgetting the fact that we are still people with feelings. And I think like, I don't know, we, we've, we've spent almost 100 episodes now trying to break down this problem. And Tara, it just comes down to the same friggin' solution. Just treat the people across from you at the table or on the phone like a normal person. And usually good things will come. Might not be immediate, might be a couple months from now, but just be a normal person. That's all we ever try to tell our listeners. Yeah, and I want to say also, Tara, to your credit, you also set the table, right? You were very clear, like, hey, I am a new person. There is some bad blood here, but I am, I here I am coming to you, giving you a second chance. I am a blank slate, but you take that feedback. And so I think that's that's like really 
a level of honesty that maybe sellers don't expect from the buyer. I think this is like a unnecessarily adversarial relationship, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to come into this meeting and I basically got to trick Tara into accepting a demo. And then like the whole way is like me trying to like claw my way in versus, you know, just like, let's, let's meet together. Oh, and, and like pro tip too, for sellers, like if you actually take the time to invest in building in an actual human relationship with your practitioner prospect target, even when things are not necessarily going good, cause you know, ownership yeah, side that you might not budget, yeah. whatever it is, you as a practitioner who's now built this relationship, you're like, hey, whoa, 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 like, I like this person. I don't want to waste their time. It suddenly becomes in your personal interest to defend the prospect of the sale, right? And that's the thing I think it's a nuance that a lot of sellers don't understand is like, we're human too. We, we don't want to screw you over. We don't want you to get fired. We don't want you to feel like we've wasted your time. If you don't connect with us, we're not going to care. Yeah. All right. Well, that, man, that story gives me the warm and fuzzies. I love it. Uh, But Tara, so let's think more on the brass tack side for outreach. This was you reaching back out to the vendor, kind of reestablishing ties. How do you prefer your first contact. Ideally you're doing the outreach, but that's not always the case. Sometimes people are going to come to you. Sometimes they get your attention. Sometimes they don't, but like talk to us about like your, I guess the beginning of your buying process. Like you want to consume information or you want to like attend things. Like how do you prefer to that part of the relationship to start? Uh, At a minimum, let's start with do not call my phone. Cold call. Like, (laughs) And it's been a big uptick lately, too. And it honestly, it pisses and makes me very angry. And I realize I don't go about it the best way. And when I just hang up on people, um, I find that to a certain degree kind. Actually, no, I take that back. I find that kinder than what I know some other people like Chris would probably do. So if I have done that to you and you're listening, know that that is me trying to be as empathetic as humanly possible. Um but otherwise, I'm huge on consuming information. Like, I love just going out into the world and uh, utilizing my network and asking people, you know, what have you used? What's good? What's not good? What's worked for you? Like, how was the whole process? Otherwise, it's hard. It's hard because I'm an introvert by nature and just in general, anything cold, like mm-hmm. cold emails, cold LinkedIn's, cold phone calls, cold text messages, cold carrier pigeon. I don't care. It doesn't really work well for me. Like I will instantly just delete things. Because it gets you on your heels, right? Like, yeah, and partially because I've lately, and it's true, I've just been like, we're not adding, like, there's nothing else going in the environment. Just like <laughs> you reaching out to me because I'm like, we're at the end of the year. Like, mm-hmm. whatever we do is not going to happen by the end of the year. So I've been telling anyone who reaches out to me, like, hey, circle back with me at the top of the year and then we can talk because then we'll have better ideas for what's mm-hmm. what life like for 2024 we'll see where we end for 2023 and i'm trying to again be as respectful of their time because we've all gone into you know vendor things that we didn't want to be in or seller things that we didn't want to be in and you're just like fiddling on your phone or you're like doing other stuff in work and i'm again i I do want to call that out i want to i want to just pause you there sorry to interrupt i want to call that out to the seller side right like Tara, you're saying like, I'm trying not to waste your time. (laughs) Like I'm trying to be really clear. Now's not the time. 
And it's not an objection to be handled. It's just like, this is the reality at this time of year. Yeah. And it's also boundaries for me. I don't want to waste my own time. I'm busy. I have this. Everybody's busy. And again, I get it. I got enough shit going on, though, where, again, it's only 15 minutes. And I understand that. But I could be spending that 15 minutes like using the bathroom or going to go get up and get some water or petting my cat or that 15 minutes that my brain was actually like in the zone of doing my real job that day because mm-hmm. that's what it woke up and chose to do that day. And now I have to completely just like 180 it to be in this thing that you're just trying to sell me. And I don't, I don't care. Like realistically, I don't care. And I know Chris is good at, he blocks certain days off for vendors, but I'm just like, I won't even do that. Like, as kind as humanly possible, just please contact me later when later. Well, I want to say also, George talks about in the last episode, he just talked about going to the network. You talked about going to the network. So, you know, pattern recognition here. If everyone goes to the network first and you don't have a great reputation, right? You're just not going to be on that list. Whereas uh, your friend Jay and company just got, shout out like free free marketing right like that's the level of trust so i'm i just i want to pound it again like long-term long-term relationship right that's really what it's all about like i'm not here to name and shame anybody that's not how i get down that's not my personal bag i'd much rather like name and celebrate and it was really funny to me because when i named or i didn't even name them when i shamed but didn't name the responses I got were wild. Like people were bringing into my professional history and why I am a job hopper and like all this other stuff. And it got a lot of attention. Yeah, it was wild. I was just like, Oh, okay. Like this is probably like my most blown up LinkedIn post. And then when I named and yayed Jay and Bertrude, not nearly the same recognition. So it goes like back to the whole like negativity sales, but positivity, like no one wants to read about positive stuff because who cares? It's good. Mm. Yeah. Like I think, I think at days in, you know, I think people need to understand like what someone's day to day experience is, you know? And I think a lot of, a lot of folks uh, on different side of the house, whether it's a practitioner is a complete prick to sellers, which I also think is super unfair, or sellers who really just dehumanize us because they're just looking at us as like quota feeders. Um, I think I think one thing I, I kind of want to know from your perspective, especially as an introvert, how do you manage kind of, and this is something I feel even, um, I would say the emotional anxiety. Because sometimes like if I'm in the middle of my jam, I'm doing the thing, I'm mm-hmm. putting out fires and I'm dealing with like three other conversations concurrently. And then you're dealing with like, you know, you see a random like a demo invite that gets dropped in your calendar. Right. Because, you know, sometimes they can like drop those in your calendar if you had a previous engagement. Those absolutely derail me. Mm-hmm. I find like from an anxiety standpoint, I just like, I can't, it like stops short everything. And I'm like, how do I deal with this? Like, I don't want to be rude to this person, but I also want to tell them to fuck off. So like, how do I, how do you as a, as an introvert who's very successful, how do you deal with this? And how do you, I guess, politically manage that situation? Or do you just ignore them? Do you just no show? Like what's your preferred way of dealing with it? I just ignore them because the only people 
that are allowed with air quotes to just like randomly drop things on my calendar are the people that I work with. Um, and I hope that even then they are taking into account, you know, looking at my calendar and not booking over other things because of the established relationship that is there. Um, when it is done by an outside third party, I'm just like, nope. Although lately, like there's also been the uptick of like, come to this dinner and like hear us do a pitch and then we'll whatever. Um, I typically would ignore those, but there was one, they actually did a really interesting thing. They were like, yeah, we're going to do a dinner and going to do a pitch, whatever. But you can also get dinner for your loved ones and you order it ahead of time. And so when you're done, you get dinner, but you're also able to take dinner home. And I've been like very flip floppy on if I wanted to attend it. Ultimately, I'm not going to attend it. Got too much to do. Um, But I did respond back to them because it was it was a cold thing. And I told them, look, I'm busy, can't do it. Also, product, really not here for it at the time. But I will give you kudos for the unique way that you are going about trying to get people in the door and the fact that you are actually taking into consideration their family and the people they're taking a time away from or whomever, doesn't even matter, family, your pet, loved ones, friends, doesn't matter. I appreciate you actually looping those folks in and making sure that they eat too. Um, because my now husband always jokes, he's like, well, you're going to a fancy dinner. If you can like somehow (laughs) something to come home. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, that is perfect. It literally reminded me of the conversation he and I Mm. had. And so I felt compelled to just say, regardless of anything, thank you. And they responded back. We had a pleasant conversation. And like, I told them again, not here for it right now. And they were like, okay, cool. No problem. And that was it. Humanity. (laughs) Wow. It's yeah. good. And if and if you do want their thing, you'll think of them. Yes, absolutely. Because you got a vibe. You got a positive vibe. I cannot undersell vibes. Vibes are what human relationships are built on. So, mm-hmm. well, Tara, I want to thank you for joining us and taking the time out of your evening, out of your very busy life uh, as both you know, professional and uh, scholar um, to sit with us and share your experience. I really appreciate it. And I, I really appreciate you sharing the stories to help us really push forward the narrative that we need to humanize things. Yeah. Well, to echo George's point, I hope uh, to get to meet you in person at a, an event at some point. George is in Montreal right now. And it's weird when he's in Canada and we're not actually physically together, but we're at different conferences and all the thing that said, um, knock on wood, we will be at RSA, hopefully. And we hope to see you there as well if we are. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. I'm glad we were able to make it work. No problem. I'm going to go finish eating my not free dinner from a vendor, but that I cooked and set off all the smoke alarms in the house because I have not cooked in forever. And yep. So that was a fun little little dash. Literally right before this, I just had all the windows open. No, no, like, you were just, you were just safety checking everyone's physical security yeah. skills. Yeah, yeah. All good. What's um, funny is I actually was looking at one of the smoke detectors earlier in the day and I looked at it and I was like, man, I wonder if the battery still works on this thing. And then that happened. So I was like, ah, yes, karma, the universe. Uh, you know. <laughs>